We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into this Monday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready. Clark Ford Studio here starting the week leading into Ole Miss and Liberty 11 a.m. On Saturday from Vaughn Hemingway Stadium, the Rebels coming off their 31-20 loss to Auburn on the Plains Saturday night. We'll do final thoughts from the weekend. Look ahead to Liberty a little bit. Today's not Hugh Freeze Day. We'll have a Hugh Freeze Day sometime this week, but that is uh, not today. We'll look ahead to uh, lines, to games this weekend. A little bit of NFL. We usually do more NFL on Tuesday, but we'll touch that as uh, as well this morning. Hope all of you had a wonderful Halloween Kids got plenty of candy, trigger treating, that uh, that kind of thing, and we will um, uh, probably touch on that a little bit today too. So anyway, that and more coming up on the show. Brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon Highway Six West in Oxford. We're still giving away football helmets. To do that, you need to head on over to the Blue Sky there on Highway Six. Take a selfie anywhere on the property. You need to hashtag Blue Sky Rebels, tag Oxford Exxon, and you'll be automatically entered into a chance to win. So uh, take advantage of the opportunity to win an official Ole Miss football helmet. And again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. We are Clark Fords in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call that number. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes and business hours right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest is up to you. You can shop that quote around or you can do what I've done. What I recommend that you do is hop into a Clark Ford today, 662-257-1900. Guests join us on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. Uh, check out uh, Rafters, great burgers, po'boys, uh, appetizers, great uh, beer selection, full bar, the whole deal there. Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford and also in New Albany. Did you have trick-or-treaters last night? Um, yeah, we had a good many trick-or-treaters. They stopped pretty early. It was, like, it was like done at 7, which was interesting. Usually they... 8.30, you still had stragglers, not not last night. Yeah, that was the challenge a little bit from the standpoint of a five-year-old trying to get in bed and then not knowing for sure um, how many extra trick-or-treaters will be coming in beyond that uh, beyond that point last night. But, yeah, it was a 
I guess same thing. It was a few uh, I saw lingering around the street and whatever into the close to the eight o'clock hour, a little around there. But the, the it, I felt like it started earlier last night. I felt like there was even a push around four fifteen, four thirty, something like that yesterday. I mean, it was the the, the little kids got out early out there yesterday. But, yeah, I saw people talking about five o'clock, and I was like, ah. Uh-uh. <laughs> The light didn't go in. No, long, no, quite no, at five. no. We're not, we're not, not answering the door at five. There's like a window from five thirty to seven thirty. That's kind of like that's the two hours. I think. Spot. I think so. Okay. Uh, did you give out only the good candy? Nothing but Reese's and Almond Joys. And, yeah. And, no. We and, we and, only and that kind of thing. We only give out good candy. No swill around here. Nope. Okay. Nope. By the end, we were basically out. We were throwing in staplers and well, like bags clips. of bags of Chips Ahoy and stuff. That oh, were you really? That, has been sitting in the pantry forever that yeah, yeah, yeah. Carson won't eat. Yeah. Carson's very meticulous about what he eats. Uh-huh. And so um, Laura has this pantry full of junk in there, so we were giving so away. So you had to go into your personal stash. We gave a away bit. a lot of the junk, but it was good. We needed to get rid of the junk. Okay. So it was it was people helping people. It worked yeah. out for everybody. It was over the court. And by the end, it was like, here, just take what you want. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a good point. Um... You know, I, I just, uh, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Um, Halloween picks. Uh, where do you want to start? We're going to do weekend. What do you want to do? Up to you. Yeah. Um, 10 thoughts is up. I have snap counts up a little, uh, well, basically as soon as the, uh, the show was over as, uh, as well. Um, Woke up kind of dragging this morning so I didn't get to it, but uh, I, I guess I'm not going to recap all the ten thoughts. It's uh, it, it's there. It is uh, it's there. If you would like to uh, to see it, I do feel like a little bit just kind of a closing the book on it that there's a little bit of misinterpretation because I feel like on the show Saturday night, I feel like in ten thoughts as well with the officiating thing just to kill it is that. People are people. They are humans. And I don't know that anybody disagrees with the fact that there is bias from an inherent standpoint because of either fandom or anyone lives anywhere or literally the mood inside a stadium or any other 25 factors in that. And that probably goes for any officiating on any level whatsoever. Does the conference office, does where the officials are from play into that? I have no clue. Um, But I do feel like by saying that there's not an SEC-level conspiracy – that is not necessarily that is not us saying at all that certain officials might not have inherent biases in a number of directions. Sure. Um, I just get really careful when when people start going down the uh, the game is fixed road. It's a hell of an accusation when you make it when anyone makes it, and when you have any kind of a platform and we have the smallest level of platform humanly possible to still have a platform. You just can't say it. I won't say it. I don't have any proof of anything like that. And in fact, having covered the league for as long as I have, I don't think it exists. Um, are there officials who get intimidated by crowds? Sure. Are there officials who probably don't belong at that level? Sure. Does the league have a, does college football beyond just the league, I talked to a lot of people yesterday morning. I made a bunch of calls. I'm like, hey, am I missing something here? And it's, no, this is everywhere. Um, this is everywhere. They've moved in the SEC alone. They've moved two or three of the top officials 
off the field and into the offices, into supervising capacity. And what's been left in the wake is inferior officiating. Um, They missed a lot of calls. They missed a lot of calls in a lot of games. Right now, the consensus is that the Pac-12 may have the worst officiating in the country. The Big Ten may have the best. The Big Ten calls a, a very tight game, calls it consistently tight. Um, the SEC has this year tried to let things go. That's the consensus among coaches and, and people who are kind of watching, and, and that has led to some games getting out of control. The Big Ten has a reputation for keeping games under control from an officiating standpoint. The Pac-12 has uh, lost control of a lot of games, is what a lot of people who watch this kind of thing feel like. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't, so how do you fix that there's, that, that there is some level of evidence that a couple teams get tons more calls than other teams? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. And I, and to do that, to call it evidence, you'd have to really do a researched study. You'd have to watch every single game start to finish, break them down who got calls, who didn't get a call, what call was missed. That would be a really comprehensive study. I mean, you could do it. You'd have to have some people that did it with you who really understood the game probably better than people like you and I understand Well, it. sure. But you could do it. But do you think it's anecdotal based off emotion, or do you think there's something yes, to it? I do. So you don't think Auburn technically gets more calls? Um, I can't say that. Because if you said to me, can you back that up empirically? No, I just mean think, though. Yeah, I know, but if you said, can you back that up empirically, I can't. I can't. And so when you get away from the emotion, if you will, of the game, and someone goes, so are you saying Auburn gets more calls? Or not even more, uh, whatever the – you I, know what but, I mean. But, like, but my, answer, my answer would be, well, my gut kind of tells me that they kind of do – but if you told me, can you back that up with anything, the answer is no. I'd have to be able to go find some people who were willing to sit down and take all 14 SEC teams and dig through a season. And frankly, it might be an endeavor worth doing to go through a season, go through every play that Missouri played. What were the calls that were missed? How many calls got missed? Okay, how many – were uh, benefited Missouri. How many were to the detriment of Missouri? Okay, we've done Missouri. Now let's do Tennessee. 14 games. Let's look at them. How many calls were missed in Tennessee games? Yeah, sure. How many of those calls benefited Tennessee? How many of those calls were to the detriment of Tennessee? And then at the end of that endeavor, you would have data. You'd have one season's worth of data. Now, if you really wanted to do it where it made sense, you'd go back at least five years. And you do five sure. years of Arkansas football games. Okay. We looked, we, we looked at these 60. Take the SEC games, though. But I mean, we, we looked whatever. at these. Yeah. Okay. Well, fine. We yeah. looked at these 40 SEC football games that Arkansas played over the last five years. In those games, 206 calls were missed. 113 benefited Arkansas, 90, whatever, didn't. And you'd have to compare it. So I think at the end of all of that, you would have some data. Otherwise, I think it comes across, and this is why people make fun of it, it comes across as whining. And 
without being able to back because here's the deal is if you have if you can produce data that shows that let's take Ole Miss and Auburn out of it you shows data that goes Florida really gets calls Mm -hmm. and South Carolina really gets screwed well then you have to dig in and go why yeah sure who called the Florida games who called the South Carolina games what did it lead to because at that point you either have something that needs to be corrected or maybe you have someone involved that like there was people that talked yesterday about well maybe it's an maybe it's one or two people on that field are influencing games are they doing it is the allegation that they're doing it for financial benefit is the allegation that they're doing it to protect their business interest or is the allegation that they're just giant fans out there fixing games on the fly on their own as for lack of a better word, rebels. Sure. That's a hell of a lot to dig into. And frankly, a time and a manpower that makes it almost impossible unless you've had some sort of really, really bad committee to, to do that. And there's a couple different things. I mean, A, and I, I see it in the thing, and it, well, it's right. I mean, Ole Miss is healthy. They play well. They probably win the football game. Yes. But at the same time, just taking this exact game out of it from an officiating standpoint, as a fan of maybe the worst NFL call in history from the standpoint of what it meant to a team with the Saints and the Rams – I despise the argument of, had you just played better, that wouldn't have mattered. Because, I mean, sure. hey, well, if I blow every team out, I'll never lose a game. I mean, that's dumb. That makes no sense in any well, in any stretch of the imagination. But, like, I was in here watching a, – a, I was working on 10 Thoughts. I was watching uh, Bengals Jets. Mm-hmm. The crap call on Mike Hilton. And, and the call on Mike Hilton where he gets called for um, – Targeting because the other guy put his head yeah, down. Yeah, in the NFL they call it unnecessary roughness. Right, but yeah, whatever. But it was essentially a targeting call. And the running back for the Jets lowered his head uh, into Hilton's path, and so they collided. The tackle was made. It was a third down. The Bengals were going to use their last time out. Mm-hmm. The Jets were going to punt, and the Bengals were going to try to drive without a, the benefit of a timeout and score in a game that the Bengals had let get away. That is, is a, it was a terrible call. I kept thinking, is there no way to review this? Is there no? And the answer is no. Yeah. And so – so at that moment, you have to go, okay, did, did an official miss a call? Did an official intentionally miss a call? And the answer is, I, I just think they miss. I mean, I talked to a lot of people yesterday who said, you, you got to remember, as the guys get faster and the guys get stronger and the guys get bigger and the field stays the same, and they're always, especially at the college level, you're always, cover, you're always officiating a game of 19, 20, 21-year-olds, basically. They stay the same. The officials get older. And as tempo teams get in, one guy said, I think if you dug in, you would find that more calls are missed in games involving tempo teams because they simply can't keep up. Yeah, and I said it's more for the podcast. I don't necessarily disagree. I guess my point, though, is it's not even necessarily missed calls. It's whether or not, right or wrong, they go in a single direction. And just based off logic, again, we can't prove it. I don't know. I mean, so whatever. But if it's not true at all, well, then Pythagorean says that we're about to see a hell of a reversal and that Auburn should be screwed in three or four games coming up over the next two seasons. And if that doesn't happen, then that feels like, well, I mean, logic says if something evens out over time, if it doesn't, you know what I mean? Just in my head from an anecdotal standpoint of trying to go, well, I mean, so so sure, let's, so, let's, so let's go down that road. Yeah, sure. So let's go down that road. So let's let's operate under the premise that – 
for the sake of a discussion and for the Auburn fans in the in the thread, that's not what I'm saying here, but I, for this for this thing, you have to go down a premise. Yeah, grind, just chill for a minute. The hypothesis is, okay, this is the hypothesis, is sure. that something untoward happened on Saturday night. So now you have to dig into what that possibly could be. Um, it's two things. It's something potentially untoward, potentially. Also, it's based off the last two years with potentially four games being directly impacted on an outcome standpoint. So we're talking about Auburn-Arkansas and Auburn-Ole Miss? Uh, yeah, correct. Okay. Which is a weird two games, but sure. But let's just stick with Saturday night. Just for one, for the sake of this, let's yeah. go with one game. Even though that's not the whole picture right, because right. If, if it was just a literally one game, you go, okay, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But last year, it was really one play that we're talking about. But that's always what it technically could well, be. But last night we're talking about Saturday night. We're talking about a bunch of plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The game in Oxford last year. We're talking yeah. about one. Play. I guess my point is it's back to the kind of the shoeless Joe Jackson thing. Just because he got a hit in a game doesn't sure. mean that he wasn't throwing a game. No, of course. But if yeah, you're saying ahead, if someone's quote throwing the game, fixing the game, you you've got to say okay, well, did it happen at the league level? That's the first thing you have to ask. And I don't I don't buy that. At or not, all. I would I would I would die on this hill. Yeah, I don't I don't believe that. Because frankly, the the amount of money that would would be at risk if you got caught at the league level fixing a game is so staggering, so overwhelming sure. that no one would do it. And then, like I wrote in Ten Thoughts, if you were to go down the argument of the SEC is going to fix the Ole Miss Auburn game, they would have fixed it in the favor of Ole Miss. If you were to, ab- I promise you, go into that building last week and say oh, the league would rather Ole Miss had won the game. Who would you like to win? For a number of reasons, from from the Heisman to playoff possibilities to sheer pettiness, they would have picked Ole Miss. Brian Harson is not the most popular person in the in the, in the in the building there in Birmingham. No, and Lane's good for the SEC. And Lane was like I wrote, Ole Miss was a feel good story in July when everybody got vaccinated. Yeah, like, woo! Remember national news. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and the league's been. The league has been, whether they feel it deep down personally or not, and I'm told that most of them actually don't, sure. the league's been pretty damn woke on the vaccine. Yeah, sure. Okay. So, Harson going against the vaccine has pissed the league off. And that's how they view it. As like, what are you doing? Just get the shot. Shut up. Sure. Just get everybody to get the shot. Let's make this go away. We're almost through this season. Everybody's making money. We don't need this headline. Sure. So... We eliminate the league at yeah, this sure. point. So now you have to get into individual officials. So at that point, you've got to really dig into individual guys. Where are they from? What is their motivation? What is their history? Would it be worth the risk? Because I don't think one person could go out there as kind of this renegade and do it without even people on his own crew going, hey, man, what's up with Tom? What are you doing? I don't buy that. Now, I've never officiated a game. Maybe it's possible to do that. But it just sort of strikes me as, hmm. And then you dive into individual calls. And were there calls missed? Absolutely. But I've heard different explanations for a lot of things, like the spot. I had a couple people tell me yesterday the screw-up was the line judgment, the, the linesman marked it in one place, they actually got the spot correct. Yeah, there was a, there was a technical reason for that one. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, right, wrong, indifferent, whatever. The pass interference call. 
one guy's like, yeah, it's a bad call, but don't grab him in the end zone. Where it's an easy call to make. The official's not watching the ball. The official's watching the play. There was, there was Springer held him on a play where if he just doesn't touch him, it's incomplete. And I'm not defending the call. I'm just saying at some point you start talking about each individual call and over the course of time, it's like, okay, well, maybe that's, I see, yeah, I get. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like like the, the, the call on the first drive, the block in the back. I saw a block in the back. Everyone saw a block in the back. But that kind of call on a quarterback scrambling around on a broken play, a lot of times doesn't get called. I watched the NFL yesterday. There were calls like that that didn't get called. It just, on wild scrambles, a lot of stuff happens that doesn't get called. Yeah, I, there's a couple things to it. A, it was tons. It was a lot of fifty-fifty calls, questionable calls, whatever adjective you want to put on it. Yesterday, and it also was going into the game. Everybody went, "Oh God, look what always happened." So there's an extra eye on it. There's extra reasons for all this stuff. I mean, frankly, a couple of the more egregious ones were not even the ones we talked about. I mean, Nick Brooker gets called for holding on that play when he pancaked the yep. guy. He literally did not hold him at all. Casey Kelly was interfered with going across the middle of the field on the drive there that would have given first down and whatever. You know, it was it was a accumulation of a ton of calls. If you told me that and again, I'm not I don't even really know what I'm saying, but if you told me something was weird with it, I do think it would have to be at the individual official level to some degree. Now, what that means, what that looks like, hell, I don't know. Again, I've never officiated the game. I don't know your capabilities on your assignments, on what you look for to know what you would have the jurisdiction to do, and frankly, in a lot of ways, it was one or two guys. Um, I think there's probably some inherent bias on the team that, frankly, is traditionally more popular and supposed to win, potentially, with some dudes even. I think a stadium um, can influence stuff. A, st- a stadium, it's Jordan Hare is loud at night. I've used the word special at night. Jordan Hare is different at night. It's loud. It, I've, seen, I've seen Auburn win a lot of football games at night at that stadium when the crowd influences games. And if you tell me that the crowd influences officiating to some degree, I buy it. Um, I just – I'm not even pushing back. I'm no, just I'm just going to be the guy that's, frankly, very honest about it. I just don't feel comfortable making that allegation without having some degree of empirical evidence, and I don't feel like I have And that. it's more of just a smell test thing. It's more of when I watch the game, I've watched the number of these Auburn games, you watch it and you go, I don't know exactly what's happened – but something is weird to me when the calls in one direction all have to have that fine-tooth explanation on, hey, here's why it might have sort of been okay, or that guy could have missed it. And it when it goes in one way, it's like, okay, well, sure, but that's kind of where I'm at. I, I don't know. I don't even really know what I think. Well, in the, the first two drives, you had, you, had, you had two questionable plays, and that leads to a lot of, okay, here we go. You're watching it the rest and of the way. And now you're all emotional, and you're watching it the rest of the way. And my simple point, and it's going to, people get mad, and that's cool. I get it. I've, I've long said, and days like Saturday, I'm going to be honest, convince me this is a job for fans. This is a job for fans. It's the reason why there are a lot of people that are lifetime fans that have done these sites for 30 years, and they do great. It's a job for fans. I don't believe, watching that game, that the reason that Ole Miss lost the football game was officiating. I don't. I went back and I watched it again, and I don't. When Dontario Drummond went out of that game in the second quarter with the game not decided yet, 
when Dontario Drummond left that game, Ole Miss's offense became incredibly predictable. Sure. It wasn't anybody's fault, not Lane Kiffin's fault, not Jeff Levy's fault. But Auburn at that point knows if we stop the run and we make don't we don't think Corral's gonna run much. If we stop the run and we squeeze it in and we pack the box, there's not a lot they can do. They don't have anybody that can beat us. It's why a couple of times Shakur Pearson beat them. They were giving Ole Miss that. And in the red zone, when everything got compressed, Ole Miss wasn't very good. No, they weren't. And it's because they didn't have a receiver. Well, yeah, they're out of I – mean, they're, they're And so it's, it's, it's personnel. And in the first half, for whatever reason, it's one of the questions I kind of have today, and it's been asked of Lane, but he really didn't answer. He just said they tackled better. And maybe that's it. In the first half, they, they didn't play the run very well. Auburn ran the football with a great degree of success in the first half. It's how they put 28 points on the board. Sure. And then the other thing that Ole Miss did, and there were a couple of big moments in that game, when Robertson muffs the punt and you get the ball right there, essentially the 20, I can't remember exactly where the ball Babes was. around there. you got to get points. Sure. you got to get points. And Ole Miss got no points. Yeah. Uh, when uh, Chance Campbell recovers the fumble, at basically midfield, mm-hmm. you got to get points. You got to take turnovers and turn turnovers into points. When you have the football fourth and seven at the Auburn 15, 13, that's a, when you roll the dice there and say, we're going for it, it's a real gamble. Yeah. He and left, I, he, he left points on the board. Like I would have, I would have liked to have seen what would have happened if you kicked the field goal right there and make it 28 to 23 and you go, okay. Auburn, you guys kind of have a reputation with this quarterback of bad decisions. Make a bad one here, and you're going to lose a football game. Yeah. And I would have liked to have seen that pressure put on them. But when you don't, and you give them a, okay, we're up eight. So worst case scenario here, we commit an egregious mistake. They score and get two, and we're tied. Yeah. And that is a different mindset in the way that you call offense, in the way that you play offense, when you know, hey, we've got this buffer. And I think it's a couple different things. I think, look, there, I don't think there's any disputing. Auburn played a better football game than Ole Miss on Saturday night, period. They play were cleaner on both sides of the ball over the course of four, four quarters on both sides. It was not the only reason Ole Miss didn't lose the football game. It wasn't the majority of the reason Ole Miss lost the football game. I think my only pushback is if you – maybe you need maybe you need favorable calls. Maybe it's not even 50-50. But if that game's 3-3 three to three after the first two drives, that creates a whole different sure. element the rest of that football game. Sure. So it's, it's a swing that – I mean, and now look, I'm not saying, oh, well, look, there's your 11 points because that's dumb because the game plays out a multitude of different reasons from that point. Right. But any score there earlier, any kind of stop does give a – and allows a bit of a, a different tempo or a mood to play out the rest of the game. And there was a play that we didn't talk about much throughout the game. On Auburn's second touchdown, right before they scored, Bigsby fumbles. The ball's on the ground. You didn't yeah. recover a fumble. And I'm not criticizing, but there's a play where, in a split second, reminded me a little bit of the 2016 Alabama Ole Miss game. It just sat on the field. Where the ball yeah. was just sitting on the field for a second. Yeah. The ball sat on the field at about the two-yard line the other night for a split second where I think the only person in the world who knew that there was a fumble was the guy who had fumbled. And I think he's who recovered. Um, I'm 99% sure. Mm-hmm. 
recover that fumble and it's a different deal. I mean, yeah. football games are always that way. But at the end of the day, to me, the key thing was in the second quarter when Drummond went out, they had no offense to go to. It was Jacour Pearson, Casey Kelly. You're having to play a lot of John Rice Plumley, And when you go back and watch the replay of that game, you realize Plumley. I don't, how, how many snaps did he play? Do you know? I'll look it up while you're talking. Plumley played a lot more snaps than he normally plays. And in some ways, you could tell they were out there almost winging it a little bit. They were. Um, offensively. They they were running guys in in on plays and in situations that I'm sure they had practiced, but I doubt they had practiced extensively. I don't. They did not appear to have had. Those were not personnel packages they were comfortable with. That was not sure. stuff that they went in going, okay, well, here's the plan on third and six. We're going to run this package with Pearson and uh, Jaden Jackson and John Rice Plumley. That, that, that was never in the – this is the ideal situation. I think they were hoping that uh, Braylon would be able to help contribute more than he did. And 47. To me, that's like one of the stats of the game. If you were to like highlight stats – 47. The fact that Plumlee played 47 snaps at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. As opposed to in the past, he's been playing about 10. Right. It's a massive number. Ole Miss played how many snaps total? Uh, 80-ish. It was uh, 85. 85 snaps. Um, you got probably 30 out of Ontario before he went out. 36. 36. You got maybe five out of Braylon. It was completely four. In, four. Completely. And one of those, he was hobbled throwing the ball yeah. or whatever. Completely ineffective. Um, Hudson Wolf did play on Saturday. Yeah. Probably. I mean, and that tells you a lot because I think two weeks ago they, they were ready to hang him up for the year. Yeah. Now he's having to play. Yeah. So you've got – You've got guys that you're just scrambling. I mean, Casey Kelly played a ton of football. Jakur Pearson played a ton of football. Dennis had to come in and play a good bit. Jaden Jackson played a lot of football. There were a lot of guys that were out there. That's just not part of your offense. Mm -hmm. And frankly, as you get into November, that's kind of becoming the big question mark is if you don't have wide receivers, what can you do offensively? I mean, frankly, even spinning into this week a little bit. So, I don't know. Yeah, to close it, I mean, I think – I don't know that we really have a ton of different opinion. I, th- I think they easily could have overcome it more than it was a, a non-factor to, to, to much of a degree. But nonetheless, so that's, Pete that's, says here, and, and he's right. Yeah, Ole Miss got to the red zone eight times. Yeah, so you get to the red zone eight times and you score twenty points. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he kind of comes back. To, like I said, I'm not, it's more just podcast fodder, but. It's kind of the same point, though. Well, if you maximized every opportunity, you would have won the game. Well, anyway. sure. I but, mean, it's kind of like. But I guess. I guess my point is, is when you go, it was just officiating. Well, no, and I don't believe that at all. Right. That's nowhere. But that, near. but that was a pretty big narrative yeah. yesterday morning. Is that the officials robbed Ole Miss of the football game? The officials did it, and so at that point, you have to say, okay, are you alleging that it was intentional? And a lot of people were. And when I push back on that, with when you say it's intentional. When you say it's intentional, mm-hmm. that they did it with intent, it's a hell of an accusation. Mm-hmm. Because that accusation gets to the very fabric of the, of, of the competition. Yeah. If you say that the outcome was rigged by the officials in a premeditated manner, right? it's a hell of an accusation. And when people make that accusation and they go, I want you to make that accusation, I say, I can't do that. I do that, number one, I don't believe it. Number two, if I do it, that's the end of my career from any standpoint of, of, of being objective. I would be unhirable anywhere. 
hell, I might already be after spending 13 years in this industry, but you would be, you, you'd be shot. You'd be done. When you make that accusation, boy, you better, you better really be able to back it up or you better be willing to say, hey, this is all I'm ever going to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. And, there's, and there's levels below that. Um, okay. We'll get into the week here in a minute. We'll do that to pack community mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Settle County, and Chattanooga. All underwriting and processing is done in Memphis. So you're getting local underwriting and understand your market. A leader in condo financing, the float down option, and more. You can find Jason at 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. We're also brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, Grenada Nissan's the place to go. They've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles. Great lease deals as well. It's GrenadaNissanUSA.com. Brought to you by Joey Erickson, Hair and Gear Autoplex. Let him help you find the vehicle you're looking for at a price you can afford. Choose from a full selection of new Chevrolet, BMW, Lexus, and Infiniti, or get a great deal on numerous brands of reliable pre-owned vehicles. Give Joey a call or text on his cell at 662-571-2367. Tell him what you're looking for. Stop by 1685 High Street in Jackson. Let him earn your business. Uh, it's still time to sign up for Oxford Park Commission Basketball. They've opened registration for the 2022 youth season. Leagues are open for ages 7 to 15. The cost to play is just $50 per participant. Uh, the season begins January 3rd. It runs through February the 24th. Games are played on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday uh, at night with no more than two games in a week for teams. Go to OxfordParkCommission.com to sign up your son or daughter today. We're also brought to you by The Rogue. I'll be visiting with Chance Campbell later today. That visit is brought to you by The Rogue. It's your destination for fine men's clothing. Their stylist hand-select pieces from top designers, from work to lifestyle to nightlife. It's the perfect something for everyone at The Rogue. All the best items from Peter Millar, Martin Dingman, Jack Victor, Halsey, True Grit, and more. 4450 I-55 North in uh, Jackson or therogue.com. Again, that will be up uh, later this afternoon. Talk to Chance around one thirty. Try to have that to you about 4 o'clock. Also brought to you by Alpha Specialties, 1670 Highway 80 in Pearl, Mississippi. It's your trailer-specific professional. If you want to haul it, they can call it at Alpha. It's the premium trailer dealership in Mississippi. It's the highest quality. They've got low trail, the highest quality utility equipment dump and gooseneck trailer being built today. Uh, they also have Hallmark Cargo Trailers, one of the most quality cargo trailers on the market, perfect for hauling goods to markets and shows, ATVs to deer camps, hauling race cars, and more. Uh, they also can repair all types of trailers, concession, horse, utility, enclosed, gooseneck, RV, and more. 601-932-9798 or alphaofms.com. And we're brought to you by Service Specialist with offices in Ridgeland, Canton, Jackson and Oxford service specialist has been connecting candidates and employers as the, uh, since 1967 as the oldest staffing company in Mississippi, whether you're a new college grad or a seasoned professional, whether you're in engineering, dentistry, accounting, law, manufacturing, human resources, or more get in touch with service specialists. They're always looking for candidates that have potential and want to learn and get their foot in the door. And they, uh, always know of candidates who, uh, kind of keeping things quiet. Maybe they're looking to relocate to Mississippi or they're looking to um, change jobs, but they want to keep things confidential for obvious reasons. Service specialist knows of them, so if you're a prospective employer, you need to get in touch with them as well. There are no referral fees for those searching for a job, so you have nothing to lose. Call service specialist at 662 
832-5138 or go to servicespecialistltd.com. You can also get a jump start on your holiday shopping this uh, Sunday. Oxford's Holiday Open House. Join for special holiday shopping. Gift ideas galore. Kids holiday crafts. Special giveaways. A grand holiday gift. Basket raffle. Music. Hot chocolate cookies. And plenty more as well. It's November 7th from 11 to 3 on the square. 1 to 5 at various other shopping areas around town as well. It's brought to you by the Oxford Lafayette County Chamber of Commerce. So uh, the day after Liberty. Get out. Get some holiday shopping done. Get ahead of schedule. With the open house again, eleven to three on the square, one to five around town. Plenty of different things that go along with that. So visit OxfordMS.com, and this is brought to you by again the uh, Oxford Lafayette County Chamber of Commerce. So let's look at lines a little bit for the uh, the week. I had that up somewhere. Uh, or I had it up. I closed that for something else. There we go. I saw we get Georgia Missouri this week. That'll 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 get the that'll that'll get the butts in the seats. That'll Thirty-eight the point. Yeah, line. I know. That's what I mm. that's what I noticed. I mean, Thirty-eight points. My God. All right, looking at it, that is the first SEC game. That one it, uh, is coming up at eleven o'clock on uh, on Saturday. Yeah, it opened at thirty-eight, but don't worry. Hey, there's some money coming in on Missouri. That baby's down to thirty-seven now. Thirty-seven and a half, depending on your favorite line. You actually can get it anywhere from thirty-seven to thirty-eight and a half right now. Um depending on your uh, sports book, if you'd like to steal a thing. Just kind of curious. What are they predicting score-wise on this? Yeah, I will take the under. They've got Missouri scoring 17 points. I do not see that. Mm, I don't see how. I don't see how Missouri scores 17. Watching Florida try to score against Georgia was painful. If you'd like to bet $100 on Missouri to win the game, and they win the game, mm-hmm. you win 45000 I'm not sure if these two teams played 45,000 times that Missouri would win once. I mean, that's $100 that you could do so many other things with. You have to bet 15,000 on Georgia to win 100. I mean, you just oh, want to get 100 bucks, I mean. I mean, if you just want to make it a free 100 bucks and you got 15 laying around. Yeah, I mean, I mean go for it. It's safe. Oh, I mean, you're not going to lose. <laughs> uh, let's see. The interesting story with Florida yeah, and it's November, and I think he's okay, but it's getting antsy in Gainesville. I think Dan's okay. Here's where the the, the Dan Mullen story is about to get interesting. James Franklin's leaving. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to USC. I don't know if he's going to LSU. But James Franklin's leaving. Yep. Penn State's going to open up. I think it's Luke Fickle's job if he wants it. Makes sense. There are people who say it's not the job Luke Fickle wants. So, well, because Luke Fickle wants two particular jobs. He wants the Ohio State job, for obvious reasons, and he wants the Notre Dame job. Yeah. And if Brian Kelly walked away from Notre Dame, Luke Fickle would have the job before Brian Kelly got out of the building. But no one thinks Brian Kelly's walking away anytime soon. Why would you fire Brian Kelly? He's got Notre Dame playing at a really high level. They're in the conversation every year right now. It's a very respectable program. They're winning a lot of games. They're in the conversation. They get great TV ratings. The fans are happy. Everybody likes Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly's making a ton of money. Why would Brian Kelly walk away? So if you're if you're Luke Fickle, you say, okay, well, do I roll the dice here? Because I'm winning big at Cincinnati. No one's firing me at Cincinnati. I'm making a bunch of money at Cincinnati, and I'm guessing, having been to Cincinnati a few times, that if you make a lot of money and you get to live in the nice parts, it's the nice right. suburbs, it's, it's okay. Not a bad deal. Um, he plays in a decent league, but his team's usually one of the best two or three teams in that league. 
Um, Luke Fickle's not going away. He could roll the dice and stay at Cincinnati for a couple of years. You know, Billy Napier gets criticized, but Billy Napier has a nice gig at mm-hmm. ULL. No one's going to fire Billy Napier. He's making seven figures to live in Lafayette. And having been to Lafayette, yeah. again, if you can make $3 million a year living in Lafayette, Louisiana, it's probably a pretty comfortable lifestyle. So those are the questions. So if, if uh, Fickle said, you know what, that's not the job I want. I'm going to bet on myself here. Luke Fickle's still a young guy. He says, I'm going to bet on myself. I like Cincinnati. I don't want to go to Penn State. How high up is Dan Mullen on Penn State's B-list? And a lot of people think he might be at the top of it. Oh, sure. Yeah. And so that's where you start watching the carousel. That's why when people go, what do you think about quarterbacks? I got to see what happens with the carousel. What do you think about in recruitment? I got to see what happens with the carousel because it's going to turn in about four weeks. It's going to start. Everybody's going to get on their seat. They're going to get on the dragon or the lion or the tiger or the flamingo, and they're going to turn it. And it's going to spin really fast. And when it slows back down, not everybody who was on the flamingo is still going to be on the flamingo. There's going to be some carnage. And I don't know what happens. Like, so if, and no, I'm not talking about Kiffin. Yeah. But if Mullen leaves Florida, who are the, who are the names on that job list? And that's where you go. I don't know. I have no idea which way Scott Strickland would would start searching. But Scott Strickland's got to be honest with himself at Florida. Georgia has not only passed you, Georgia has lapped you and lapped you again Mm -hmm. and is leaving you in the dust. That was not a competitive football game on Saturday. And the SEC wants that game at 2.30 on CBS every year for a lot of logistical reasons. But they needed to be competitive. CBS might go, you know, we don't do this anymore. And when ESPN takes over, they might say, you know, we're not going to lock into that. It's not. Well, and ESPN doesn't have to. Well, because there were other games at 2.30 on Saturday that were far more attractive than that game. Yeah, sure. Get to Florida uh, coming up a little more. And and Mark makes a great point, see, on this line. This is where all this stuff is really interesting to me. He says if, if Luke Fickle stays at Cincinnati, barring an opening at Notre Dame, he thinks it's because he's been told that Ryan Day is going to the NFL within a year or two. And it could be. And if Luke Fickle says, I can stay here for two more years and then get the Ohio State job, or I can go to Penn State today, he might say, you know what, I'm going to stay at Cincy. Yeah, sure. He's got Cincy number two in the country right now. Is it total BS? Of course it is. But there is a number. But if somebody said they're getting in, I'm not going to go, oh, God, I'll bet my life against it. They have a shot at getting the right playoff. Right now, they have a real shot. Today? They're getting the right movement. Well, look, I mean, if you assume that Georgia's going to beat Alabama in the SEC title game, and I do, Alabama's not getting in. Yeah. So the SEC's getting one team in, Georgia. Three, three spots left. So you got Georgia, presumably the Big Ten champ. Oklahoma right now. And probably Oklahoma. And then right now it'd be Cincinnati. Yeah, I think so. They would be the fourth. Yeah. I think when the rankings come out this week, they're going to be in the top four. Yeah. Very possible Ohio State and Michigan are playing a play-in game. And so if you're Luke Fickle, you look at that and you go, there's no reason for me to panic. Yeah. Because if if he takes Cincinnati to the playoff, Mm -hmm. even if next year they fall down to 10-2, and his star's still really bright. Oh, of course. 11 o'clock, Liberty and Ole Miss. The Flames and the Rebels. Hugh Freeze making his return to Vaughn Hemingway Stadium since uh, State dropped the double nickel on him back in 2016. 
Uh, this line uh, opened at 14. It it fell almost immediately to 10. It is currently sitting 9.5 or 10, depending on your book. I will say this. I mean, look, Ole Miss is going to win the football game. Ole Miss is going to win the football game without fourth quarter issues. However, they're so damn banged up right now that mm-hmm. it's no longer a joke of a game. They're going to have to play and play well. This game is – they are not going to win, lose, but this game is losable for sure. Ole Miss this weekend. Sure. Because on offense, I just don't know what's out there. I don't know what they have uh, from a depth standpoint that's there. You know, you look at – there were two seasons that were very critical for Ole Miss in a building standpoint that they had to stay healthy. And they did both times. That was last year, frankly, yep. in Kiffin's first year, even mm-hmm. though it was a pandemic year, in 2012. In mm-hmm. 2012, they had to stay healthy. They played five offensive linemen the whole damn season, and they all five stayed healthy. Well, kind of like back to that thing with Auburn and outcomes and whatnot. At some point, it bites you. It comes back the other way. Things average, and they work themselves out. This year is the workout time for Ole Miss because they have gotten ravaged by injuries in a lot of different bad spots. And it's created a situation that has killed what their ceiling on this team was. It was a bad year from that standpoint for it to happen. Um, but it makes this week at least interesting. Um, you know, I think it's a game that Ole Miss is probably up 14 points in the fourth quarter, and you sort of see where it goes, something like that. I mean, Well, I mean, I joked about it, but I did watch a lot of the ULM Liberty game here on my trusty little computer. Liberty's not particularly good against the run. No. Uh, the kid for UMass ran for 160-something yards Did Saturday. He? You got to line up. They're gonna, if I'm Liberty, I stack the box. I try to take the run away. I don't think they can take the run away. I think the people who have been clamoring for Snoop Connor to get 25 carries, I think Saturday's your day. I think the people like me who've been waiting to see Henry Parrish break a run or two, I think Saturday's your day. This is frankly the game where you got to look at Jerry and Ely and go, what is your deal? Because they're going to stack the box, and we're going to get you the ball, and we need you to get outside. And then when they stack the box too much, you can well, – Ja'Kur Pearson would play at Liberty. Yeah, Casey Kelly would play at Liberty. Casey Kelly is actually a really good SEC tight this end. Is, this is a game – yeah, he really is. Dennis Jackson needs to step up. A lot of people – I think they're going to be okay – and then defensively, I think Ole Miss is going to be able to handle yeah. Liberty because yeah, yeah. it's Malik Willis and a bunch of dudes. Yeah, that's that's what. It Don't is. let him run around like crazy, and yeah. you're fine. Just there's no Tank Bigsby in the Liberty backfield. No. There's 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 no. Um, what's the receiver for Arkansas? Trent uh, Burks. Yeah, there's no Burks at at wide out for for Liberty. There's nobody who just goes and who can beat you in a bunch of one on ones. But Hugh will have a good plan. His team's good. They've lost two three-point games this year. They lost by three to Syracuse. They lost by three to ULM. Their list of wins is not impressive. They've not beaten anybody worth a damn. It's North Texas, UAB. No, they played nobody. Um, this will be a big step up for them from a talent standpoint. And defensively, I think Ole Miss, based on what they've done the last three weeks, I think they're going to be able to slam the door on them to a degree. But I think the people who are expecting some 40-point win, I don't I don't really think that's a realistic thing. And and if you're Ole Miss, quite frankly, you just got to win the game and get the hell out of there because you've got, at, as of today, a, an incredibly big challenge coming your way in two weeks with Penn, with Penn State, A&M. with Texas A&M. Yeah. A&M's got to play Auburn this weekend. That's going to be a real physical game. Both of those teams are going to try to run at each other, all that stuff. So maybe you catch A&M a little banged up. You've got to figure out a way to get healthy here in the next – couple of weeks because if you can't get some bodies back 
I don't know how you beat A&M. Yeah. And frankly, if you can't get some bodies back, that Egg Bowl gets really tenuous. Oh, hell no. Yeah. Really tenuous. Um, I will text Hugh today. I do not anticipate him meeting, agreeing to the parameters of the interview. But I will ask simply to tell you guys that I ask. But yeah. I do not anticipate it. Um, Hugh wants to do a sunshine interview. And I don't think, I think that's disingenuous. Feel free to disagree in the thread. Uh, I just think it's disingenuous. I mean, I think you can talk about the good things, but I think if you're going to talk to Hugh, you got to talk about the bad well, things. Well, it's kind of one of those things, too, where I like it, it's one thing to even kind of focus on a topic because I'm choosing to focus on the topic. It's another thing to go, hey, here are the rules of the interview. Right. That's a whole different, yeah. I'm, I'm, the fact that you can't even have an organic conversation that might lead somewhere or somewhere else or have some questions that just kind of venture off because it's the flow of the conversation. That That's what bothers me about it. What was the final in Notre Dame and North Carolina Saturday night? It's 10, Notre Dame by 10. Okay, good. 44-34, I think. Okay. Uh, let's see. Ohio State, 15 over Nebraska this week. <laughs> the Gophers, who have put a good season together, they're two and a half, two touchdown favorites over Illinois at home. They're actually all up in the middle of that division race. They're on the other side of the Big Ten. Speaking of ULM, they, uh, they're getting three and a half from uh, Texas State in San Marcos this weekend. Uh, scrolling down, scrolling down. Auburn and Texas A&M. It's your two thirty game on CBS. The Aggies opened as a five point favorite. They're now a four and a half point favorite against the Tigers in College Station. I don't know yet. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't decided what I'm doing there yet. A&M is very schizophrenic. Thought Auburn for the most part played pretty well on Saturday. Auburn's played really well for a few weeks in a row, but so has A&M. Yeah. I mean, A&M lined up and beat Alabama. Mm-hmm. But the people that try to make it fluky, what? you watched it it wasn't fluky in fact alabama one of their one of their scores came on a block punt wasn't fluky a&m won the game at the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. this will be a kind of a slobber knocker of a game at the line of scrimmage i think yeah it'll be fun i'm, I'm looking forward to 30 on saturday uh cincinnati speaking of 22 and a half at home against tulsa and that one notre dame 20 and a half at home against navy Couple teams there. Notre Dame with one loss. I'm not going to screw that up anymore. They lost to Cincinnati. Michigan State coming off their win. This line's not very big. Kind of a, maybe a trap game for Michigan State. I don't think so, but interesting enough. They're coming off the win over Michigan, 37 34. They're in West Lafayette, Indiana, Oof. and they are giving three points to Purdue. Interesting. Yeah, just three at Purdue on Saturday. The running back, Walker. Did you realize he's from Memphis? I did, yeah. Wow. Yeah. He's a hell of a runner. Yeah, he had a he had a day. He, had a he day. did. He had a real day too. I watched a lot of that game. Yeah, um, I got pretty glued into it in the second half. It was kind of, I, frankly, to the point I needed to do a couple things and I put them off to stay with it. People make fun of Big Ten football. That was that was a good game. That was a really good football. It was game. the best game of the day. Yeah, that was a sure. really good game. Uh, Penn State at Maryland. Penn State ten and a half at College Park on uh, on Saturday. Could be a weird week for Franklin. Franklin's about to have a bunch of weird weeks. Yeah. Wisconsin's at Rutgers. Wisconsin coming off its win over Iowa, eleven and a half, uh, twelve points favorite there over uh, Rutgers in Piscataway. Wisconsin looks like they put it all together. If you told me they won that division and actually even made yeah. a little bit of a game out of the uh, the other thing, I yeah. would I, I would buy that. Uh, NC State, Florida State, Florida State losing to Clemson last weekend and it being maybe one of the worst bad beats of all time in in, in Vegas. Um, 
the hook and ladder turns into a touchdown for Clemson to win by ten. The line was nine or nine and a half, depending mm. on your uh, your your favorite book Brutal. there. Um, it was brutal. <laughs> I meant to ask Jeffrey about it because he had a great reaction on air while they were uh, doing their show during yeah. that. He had he had the Seminoles. He kept saying, "What's the score?" And I, I kept saying out <laughs> loud, "You lost." <laughs> that was brutal. Yeah. Forget the betting part of it. Clemson, the shine man, is gone. Oh, they they put they were they were a bad football team. On Saturday. I mean, Florida State's a bad football team, a poorly coached. And they kind of handled talented. that game for 55 minutes. Yeah, and Florida State had a real shot to win. Yeah. And if you're Clemson, that's scary, man. Yeah. Uh, we'll finish in a second. First, tell you about Northeast Spark, N-E-S-P-A-R-C. Two packages, the Ignite 100 Mbps or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio. Your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's N-E-Spark.com, 662-238-3159. Phone services available, parental controls, network security, wireless mesh extender, and much more. So uh, to get the best internet around, again, that's nespark.com, 662-238-3159. Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors sponsors my mailbag. You can reach her for all of your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. She sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes, 662-567-2573 or 662-842-3844. I need to check with Hudson to see if this is still the case. So before you head out that way, you might want to call or something. Uh, OPA, scheduled to open tonight, um, 306 South Lamar, just south of the Square Courthouse next to the old Soul Shine. It's the uh, newest restaurant on the historic square, delicious menu featuring euros, wraps, kebabs, fresh redfish, lamb chops, and more. An awesome bar serving your favorite handcrafted cocktails, frozen libations, and amazing candlelit patio as well. Again, that's OPA. 306 South Lamar in Oxford. We're also brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. Uh, if you're thinking about traveling, holidays are basically here. If you're thinking about uh, next summer, get in touch with John. Give him some parameters. Give him a budget. And he'll give you options. It's 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. First time clients can save $50 off their first booked trip. Just by telling John you heard about Regency Travel on the podcast. We're also brought to you by Pinnacle. It's mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com. Get in touch with those guys, and uh, they'll sit down with you. And regardless of your level of wealth, they'll uh, listen to your goals, they'll study your expenses, and they'll put forth a comprehensive, detailed financial and retirement plan built just for you. Again, mypinwealth.com. Brought to you by the College Corner. It's a one-stop Rebel Shop, two locations in the Jackson area in uh, Ridgeland. It's next to Fleet Feet. In Flowood, it's next to Half Shell. If you don't live in Jackson, it's okay. Go to collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Whether you're tailgating in Oxford or homegating with friends and family, the College Corner has you covered for game day. The largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. Thinking about... uh, your heating system's going to start getting cold at night. I think uh, the temperature's Friday night here is in the uh, low 30s. You're going to be running that heating system. You better make sure it's ready to go. Get in touch with the people at Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call 662 429 
Support for the Oxford Exxon Podcast also brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with an exclusive offer for you. That's 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code MPW at manscaped.com. One of the first people to try the new 4.0, and I'm blown away by the performance, the craftsmanship, and details are next level. Manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and incredibly comfortable grooming experience. The fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. You can be confident in all those sensitive areas. The upgraded trimmer includes a multi-function on-off switch that can engage a travel lock. Gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on or off when needed for a more precise shave. Allows you to customize your trim through additional guard link sizes 1 through 4 and wireless charging. The new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction. It can help battery life last longer. It's time to get your own trimmer with Manscaped to make me time the best time and enhance your confidence there in that area. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code MPW at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code MPW. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Mississippi State, Arkansas, in Fayetteville this weekend. The uh, Hogs opened at four. It's now at five. Um, this is dangerous. I've seen it at for, five for and a half. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't. You know, Arkansas had a weekend off, really two weeks off because they played Pine Bluff the week before. Mm-hmm. So they ought to be kind of healed up a little bit. They ought to be fresh mentally. They ought to be over the disappointing the losses to Ole yeah. Miss and Auburn. But Mississippi State's kind of looking a little different if we're going to be all honest with ourselves here. I mean, if we're going to have kind of honest day. They played well. They played really well through the night. They, they, they played really well against Vanderbilt. They played really well against Kentucky. Now they got to take it on the road. Playing at Vanderbilt doesn't count. Yeah. Because that's playing in a – A practice facility, essentially. Playing like a jamboree. Yeah, with your you, people. Where you don't even advertise it. Yeah. We'll see. Three o'clock. going to be great weather. Huge game for Arkansas because if they're going to do anything from a bowl standpoint, it starts here. It's a big number. Five and – I don't know. I can't lay five, five and a half points right now. No, I can't either. If Arkansas pops them and then Arkansas just pops them, and I think I'll take the L. Kind of where I'm at. Um I've not had a very good read on state all year. I, I, I got to go Saturday, back and you remember but... that last year it was Odom that had such a plan for the the air raid or whatever we yeah. call Mississippi State's offense. I mean, they just shut them down a year ago, and Arkansas is better offensively than they were a year ago. But state's pretty good. On Rogers defense. went what thirty-seven of forty or something like that. He had a remarkably Saturday. good game. It was like thirty-six of 39, 37 of forty, but something like that. What I was impressed with with State, and I had it on on TV too in here, is they really punished Kentucky at the line of scrimmage all day. It was interesting. Yeah, that was a that was a shot of cold water for Kentucky on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, that maybe it's a little schedule influenced as much as anything else, where they were they were sitting there at six and one or whatever it was at the time. Uh, for some reason, this is your night game. It's going to be a blowout. The LSU Tigers are at the Alabama Crimson Tide on Saturday night. It opened at 24-and-a-half. It's now jumped to 28-and-a-half is where this number is between the Tigers and the Tide from Tuscaloosa. I was asked two weeks ago to give a line on this, and I said 25-and-a-half, and I felt really smart yesterday for a minute. And then, then the money 
started trickling. Poured in on Alabama. LSU. LSU, I, LSU last week, whether – and look, Orgeron's not at a place now where there's any reason to lie. Mm-hmm. They had a couple of days where they basically didn't practice because they didn't have enough players to practice. They're going to win one more game the rest of the year. They're going to beat ULM. They're beat up. And okay. so, you know, you get to a play like, – like this week, if Ole Miss had an open date this week and Lane Kiffin says, please, yeah, I don't know that they'd practice. Because yeah. who's practicing? I mean, you might pretend to practice because otherwise – You would do that weird, You would do that thing that Houston used to do a lot where you let all the scout teamers get tons of rep and almost kind of do a little bit of weird advanced self-scouting on yourself. Well, LSU typically – along those lines, it's funny you say that. LSU typically, on their open date, will have, I think they call it the Tiger Bowl or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. The scout teamers and guys that haven't aren't playing yeah. have a scrimmage. Yeah. They didn't even have that. They didn't even, yeah. No bodies. Yeah, it's an I, issue. I'm going to pick Alabama to cover. I'm going to lay them. Oh, yeah. Even at 28. I, mean, I, don't know how you, I, don't, I don't know how you could The 24 not. and a half, and where I get to win by four would be a huge, but, yeah. but nonetheless – I skipped this one. Uh, speaking of Kentucky, coming off trying to lick their wounds, they are in Lexington against the Tennessee Volunteers. Sure. Kentucky opened as a three and a half point favorite. That has fallen down to two and a half or three, depending on your book. I've got it at three. Okay. If this game were in Knoxville, this would be like lock of the week stuff. You're still leaning toward Tennessee, aren't you? I, I'm leaning. I'm leaning. You're giving up on Kentucky after one game, just no. Just, but I know what I saw. Yeah. The line of scrimmage was – but now Kentucky's much better at home. They are. And they're a good program. And you've seen teams go to state and lose. You know, I had that happen, and they kind of bounce back. I don't have a feel on this one at all. Uh, Hardman, the, the bye this week is worse. You should have played Liberty in week four and had the bye this week. Oh, yeah. When you get to choose one or the other and you chose that direction is the problem. Yeah. They'd be much better off. With the Saturday off, taking the week, yes, let them be seven and two or whatever they would be right I now. Because I think I don't think you would do anything today. You would have done nothing yesterday, nothing today. You might do a little bit Tuesday and a little bit Wednesday. And that's it. And you might get them to come to the facility Just on Friday morning. But you wouldn't do anything to them. You wouldn't. You wouldn't even think about putting pads on. Mm. And when I say pads, I mean shoulder pads. Yeah, not even those little soft shell things. Nothing. Where you're just, you would just kind of have some almost like cardio. Hey, today we're going to do yoga. <laughs> and if it hurts, don't. Yeah. Today we're going to do a nice light jog. Yeah. Unless you have an ankle issue, at which point we don't want it. you to do a light jog. Yeah. I mean, I just, boy, that's why this this whole week, it's just, you get through it. Yeah. Iowa coming off their loss to Wisconsin. They're in Evanston to uh, play Northwestern this weekend. Iowa, a 12-point favorite against the Wildcat team. It's had a rough season. Iowa's quarterback play is so bad right now that I don't know that you can lay 12 points. Why did it get worse? What happened? He's just worse. As the year has moved on. He's gotten worse. I mean, I'm hoping for his sake it's because, like, something's physically happening. Mm -hmm. But he looks mentally just fried. That's not a win. They need to get in the transfer portal. Because if they had quarterback play, they'd be, pretty good. They'd be yeah. all right. Yeah, He's going to get receivers killed, though. I mean, he has receivers running slants, and he's throwing behind them. I mean, literally, yeah. receivers Behind are... and up and over the middle are not the two places to, to he, miss. He had receivers looking at him Saturday like, hey, you want to trade? 
I mean, they were they were they were that was not a happy offense. Yeah. Oregon still uh, still alive. They are minus six and a half against uh, Washington in Seattle this uh, this weekend. In the Big Twelve, um, Texas coming off their loss to Baylor. They are seven point underdogs in Ames to Iowa State this weekend. That's a six thirty start there in the Big Twelve. Same exact start time for Florida. They're on the road in Columbia, South Carolina. I, this line is too big for me. The way Florida has been playing football, Florida opens at seventeen and a half. It's now at nineteen. I know South Carolina sucks. I get it. I've got it at nineteen and a half. Okay, well, thank you. But nineteen is a huge number yeah. in Columbia. I just but Carolina's really bad. They all they suck. They're really bad. I mean, those bottom three teams. I mean, Missouri played with Vanderbilt. Mullen's deal is he's doing the two quarterback thing, and if you play two quarterbacks, it's because you don't have one. Is he doing it because he's trying to keep them both? I guess. Is he trying to satisfy Richardson? I guess. But look, they're one like you lose to South Carolina, and we're having a completely different conversation about Dan Mullen. Oh well, I mean the gamble here is eight and four, and Florida State at the end of the year won't be a gimme. I mean, if they lose, it's over. He's got South Carolina, Samford, Missouri, and Florida State. Anything shy of 4-0, there's questions to be asked. I still think I'm taking South Carolina. I, I, I know Florida's going to win the game, and I'm going to be a little frustrated by it, but this is back to those mental health things. I'm cool that way. Which, it, te- which team plays harder? Carolina. I mean, look, we don't think it's going to work, and we're beating up on him, but Beamer has had those son-of-a-guns play hard every week. Yeah. They've shown up. Yeah. I mean, they're doing it with a GA at quarterback and all kind of crap, and they're, they're bad. Yeah. But they 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 get there. Uh, Clemson, speaking of them from a little while ago, they're on the road at Louisville. Um, they're a three-and-a-half-point favorite at the Cardinals this weekend. Tells me all I need to know about Clemson. That's right it there. right there. <laughs> Uh, Michigan will uh, get back on the winning track. They are at home against Tom Allen and the Hoosiers, 19 and a half in that one. This he needs weekend. to get out of there, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah. He can't beat Michigan State and he can't beat Ohio State. Yeah. Well, those are the games they bring you there to win. Yeah. It's like being at Auburn and you can't beat He's Georgia done a nice job, but he can't win those two games. At all. It's like being at Auburn and you don't beat Alabama and Georgia. Yeah. It's cute, great, but. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we beat Arkansas. It's not going to save your job. No, I know. And then uh, we will. Well, I mean, we wouldn't be on air anyway at this time, but your night games on uh, Saturday night. One of the better stories in college football, UTSA has been rolling along. They're at UTEP, USC at Arizona State, and uh, San Diego State at Hawaii are your uh, your night games in, uh, in that one. San Jose State's at Nevada as well. So that's uh, what's coming up this weekend from a, uh, from a line standpoint. They are back in the Grove. You're back in the Grove on Saturday, so check out Johnston Hill Creamery. Let them uh, handle your tailgate. That's johnstonhillcreamery.com to find out all the current menus, catering and tailgate menus. They've got everything from cheese trays and charcuterie boards to plenty of desserts and much more, cheesecakes, pies, tarts, whatever you need to handle your tailgate. You can order that with just 24 hours notice at 662-419-9201. Or email cheese at johnstonhillcreamery.com. They deliver right there to your spot on campus for your tailgate. And then if you're already thinking about Thanksgiving, they've got Thanksgiving pre-orders available from Harvest Charcuterie Trays, Harvest Artisanal Cheese Trays, Pumpkin Cheesecakes, Buttermilk Pie, and they'll add more as well. Pick up on that is November 24th, so you can call. And you get that call in by November 19th at 5 p.m. 
Again, reserve anything for Thanksgiving as well, 662-419-9201. We're also brought to you by Lamons. If you're uh, thinking about holiday shopping at this point, might be a good time to get in touch with the people at Lamons, 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford. They've been serving Oxford for more than 73 years. Engagement rings, wedding rings, fine jewelry, everything. They have the gold standard in fine jewelry at Lamons, LamonsJewelry.com, or call 662-234-2777. Blue Delta Jeans is happy to announce the inaugural Coastal Cup Waterfowl Tournament hosted January the 19th through the 21st at the Bay Flats Lounge on the San Antonio Lodge, not lounge, on the San Antonio Bay of Texas. This competitive team duck hunting event will include uh, two days of Texas coastal waterfowl hunting, meals, drinks, and lodging, and two pairs of custom jeans for every participant. Special guests of the event will include uh, Josh Raggio of Raggio Custom Calls, Barton Ramsey of Southern Oak Kennels, You've heard us talk for years about Blue Delta's annual golf tournament. Now it's time for the Duck Hunters to show their skills. For information on the event or to register your team, contact Blake Kokenauer at blake at bluedeltajeans.com or uh, visit their website, bluedeltajeans.com backslash Coastal Cup. Pinpoint Commercial Real Estate's based out of Jackson. They service the entire state and all commercial asset classes such as retail, office, industrial, and land. Sam Cox, B.B. Mitchell, or Ole Miss grads that utilize their unique skill sets to execute on assignments and increase value for their clients. Um, some of the properties include places like the Village at Madison, 60,000 square feet of Class A restaurant, retail, medical, and professional office space, along with roughly 75-0 lot line residences with Pinpoint handling the leasing for the commercial portion of the development. Give them a call at 601 601- Five eight six thirty two twenty to learn more. We're also brought to you by ACS. It's owned by Clay McNutt, Baldwin, Mississippi. Established in 2013, ACS is a complete electrical control system solution provider and a Rockwell Automation recognized system integrator. They have a full-time dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff and a UL508A panel shop that can custom tailor software packages, custom design electrical control panel solutions, and so much more. It's ACSLLCMS.com or call 662-601-4381. Also brought to you by our friends at Game Changer. I heard a lot of people talking about Game Changer over the weekend. They are absolutely a Game Changer. It's the only two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. The warm-up patch is used before or while you drink. The overtime patch is used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. The all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game. Ready for your next play. It's GameChangerPatch.com. Enter promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your order. Also brought to you by Dead Soxy. Best socks you'll ever put on your feet. D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. They've got the um, no-shows. They've got the traditional socks, all sorts of styles, colors, themes. It's all there at DeadSoxy.com. Promo code REBELGROVE at checkout for 25% off your order. Same promo code at MuddyWaterOutdoors.com. The people at Muddy Water Camo will give you 35% off when you enter the promo code Rebel Grove at checkout. They've got lots of new products on the site. You get free shipping on $100 or more in terms of orders. Uh, lots of um, the uh, jackets, the vest, the heated jackets and vest. Also, the new Muddy Water Lady Camo apparel is available to you as well. Talked a lot about Bro Throw on Friday and Saturday. It's brought to you by... Um, it's a, I'm sorry, it's a social sports network, free to use, um, 
fun, really cool, fun way to bet. No third party, no juice. Over time, that saves you money. It's bet.brothrow.com backslash MPW. We'll have the uh, walk-ons, I'm sorry, the MPW Digital pregame show on. It'll be brought to you by sometime late Thursday probably. Brought to you by Walk-ons Sports Bistro. They put everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering Louisiana cuisine like gumbo, po'boys, voodoo shrimp, uh, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers, fresh salads, quality fresh ingredients you can't help but crave. Just a couple of weeks now, uh, 1737B University Avenue in Oxford, and they're open today. At uh, in Ridgeland, seven twenty Highland Colony Parkway, Walk-Ons Sports Bistro, more than a restaurant. Podcast was brought to you by Nick's Tan and Associates. That's nickstanoxford.com. dot com. You can call six six two two eight one one two zero zero for all your real estate needs. Clay DeWeese, so keep Graham their experience, dedicated team, bring decades of combined experience in the Oxford area. Their website makes it easy to view and compare your options for a new home. Clay also serves Oxford at Ole Miss and the Mississippi Legislature as state representative for House District 12. So let Nick's Tan Associates in Oxford help you with either side of the real estate buying process. And mention Rebel Grove when you contact them. Again, nickstanoxford.com, 662-281-1200. Podcast also brought to you by GM Pharmacy and Tyson Drugs. GM right there on South Lamar in Oxford, 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area. They take care of you with MedSync for your prescriptions the same day each month and it lets you get one trip to the pharmacy, one delivery, and have everything you need when you need it with your local pharmacy. So, again, 662-236-2222. Baseball headed back to Houston. Mm. Astros win game five last night. Two bullpen games in a row, just too much for uh, the Braves. That was the game Charlie Morton would have started had he been – Available, and if the Braves happen to blow this and lose the 3-1 lead, that Morton injury when you know you'd have been up 4 nothing early with Morton yeah. on the mound, totally different ball game right there. Duvall hits the big grand slam. and Adam yeah. Duvall hits a grand slam, and sometime rounding second base, he thought, I will be a legend yes. forever, and yeah. now he won't be. Yeah. No matter what happens, he might get a ring tomorrow, but that will not be the uh, case. That yeah. was in a losing effort. So. That was a big-time moment. That place was loud oh, that was, at that moment. That was pretty cool right there now. I, I will say that was that was neat. I will give uh, – who was the announcer? Smoltz. Smoltz literally said right there that Duvall's looking for something outer third that he can drive. And got that's it. exactly what he got. Smoltz was like, yeah. He drove it. You're still okay. You're okay. Sure. You're okay. Got two shots. Not Games, great. Game, game sevens are, are are wild. That look, they were never going to probably win two games in a row with bullpens. I mean, it just was not. That was not set up for for the Braves to win that thing in Atlanta. Now they got some early offense. You had some things, but so game six back in Houston tomorrow night. ESPN reporting Derek Henry potentially out for the season for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Huge news there. Foot Oof. injury during the 34-31 win over the Colts Oof. on Sunday. That it's would not, change the complexion of the NFL drastically right now in the AFC. Any word on Winston yet? Uh, the rumors yesterday were ACL, but I don't mm. know that for sure. It um, looked bad. Peyton said in his press conference following the game that it was significant and he felt something. Oof. That was the, the quote that he gave. Um, it's very likely that Simeon or Taysom Hill will start this week. for. Uh, they go get a quarterback now, right? been a lot of discussion nobody's necessarily said either way i mean because the rumor yesterday was cam newton yeah but that does not appear to be the case for the moment whether that's the case down the road do I don't they know. even dare explore the deshaun watson thing 
you know, the Saints are a very highbrow institution. No, we do not. We 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 take well, it would character be, very seriously. It would, the question would be: Is the league going to let him play? Yeah. If we bring him in and we say, "Hey, here's your uniform," we're just going to hold our nose, go play quarterback. Is the league going to let us do it? And I don't know the answer to that, and I don't think they know the answer to that. Mark, let's not talk about the Chapman pitch to Rajay Davis. Just let that go. That was a bad moment in my house. That I'll tell was, you how scarred. That was five years ago tomorrow night. Yeah. Whew. Tell you how scarred I was as the Saints picked off Brady there is I'm begging the guy, uh, Williams, to fall down. I'm begging him to fall down because if he scores, the Saints miss the extra point. It's still an eight-point game. And that's all that went through my head as that ball got picked was, hey, just fall down and run the clock out mm-hmm. right now. Because I've seen – look, I've seen a lot of stuff. Just just stop. I mean, it was got good. a lot of farmer's insurance vibes in here. Like, that just, was a really just, good game. There was – Simeon played okay. Look, right. he's not going to win playoff games, but he played fine. No, he did fine. He's all right. Yeah. He's not your typical crap backup. He's okay. Yeah. No, the question you have – He's a very average war zero quarterback. The question you have is – Hey, do we think we're a playoff team? Because if we think we're a playoff team, we've got to go get us a quarterback. If we don't think we're a playoff team, if we think this is just a collection of parts. They're five and epic. two, but they're all frankly they're tied for the their half game out of the division lead. But they're like Romero would argue with me because he sent me a text yesterday and he goes, I swear to God, you or I could quarterback them to eight and eight. And I was like, Well, I appreciate the company, but I don't know that that's true. I don't um, like your chances to get him to eight and eight. Yeah, I, I like Rose's chances more than mine, but um, and I don't really like you. I don't either. like Rose either. I mean, uh, there was a day maybe, but <laughs> that, that day that, is that, fast. That, that is not. <laughs> um, he loves the rest of the roster, and look, the defense played pretty well yesterday for the most part. Yeah, they have a running game. Mark Ingram gave them a spark yesterday. Yeah, at, at running back. But to really make any kind of move, they got to have a quarterback. So who would the other quarterbacks be if it's not Newton? If it's not Watson, who are the other people that could potentially be on the market? I don't know that they go that route. I think Peyton is trying to do it with what's in the house. We got to have another quarterback though, because if something happens to Simeon, now what do you do? Because the other dude's not getting you to the playoffs. No. So you got to go get another quarterback. No, I, I prefer Simeon to Hill. Do you go get a Nick Foles or a Andy Dalton to just come in and be a backup? Would the Eagles get rid of Gardner? I don't know. But you're oddly kind of in your window. Like even if it screws you later, you've you've got to do something. You got to play the season. You're five and two. Well, if you think you're a playoff team, you got to go get another quarterback. And they definitely believe they're a playoff. Then you got to go get a quarterback. So the question is, do you get a backup to come in and just kind of? I mean, truth serum. Do they think they can win the league? I don't know. But they need to believe they're a quarter. They're well, a they just beat team. the Bucks. Yeah. I mean, they just beat the Bucks. Yeah. So you have to look at it and go, okay, well, who else are we up against? The Rams, the Cardinals. The Packers, mm-hmm. and they've beaten the Packers. How you know? How do we? What do we do? And so if you, but so if you think you, if you think you're a playoff team, and they almost certainly do, you've got to go get a quarterback. And so the question is, do you get an insurance policy at quarterback like a Foles or someone like that, or do you go for it? Yeah, they have wins over the Bucks and the Packers, and they lost to the Giants right now. The Saints do on their schedule. That's. The Giants are not a bad team. I've watched them a little. They're not good, but they're not bad. It's like the Jets right now are not a bad team. The, the, the truth is, in the NFL, there aren't many bad teams. Detroit, Detroit says hello. And Houston. Houston says hello. But for the most part, teams are good in the NFL. Dylan told me yesterday he was listening to the Rams game coming back from uh, from Auburn, driving back yesterday, and 
when I guess it was twenty four to nothing, the Texas lined up for a kick, and uh, he's the Rams broadcast goes, "Well, the kick is no good, and frankly, neither are the Houston Texans." It's fair, and it was like, you know what? That's completely and utterly fair at yes. this point. They are awful. In a they league say. where there's just not a lot of margin. And the Rams are good. The, yeah, the Rams are really good. But the Texans are awful. The Lions are awful. Everybody else is okay. Like, even the Bears lost yesterday. But they're, they're all right. They do some things okay. And they're doing the, the, the what you should do with the young quarterback. Hey, let's get it out of the way. Let's do it now. I would be really curious if I were the Saints to get a ruling from the NFL on Deshaun. We'll see what the Derrick Henry news is. The Saints have a they, – they play the Falcons at home on Sunday. They should win that game. But then beyond that, they have a four-game stretch that's very interesting. They are at Tennessee, at Philadelphia, Buffalo, Dallas. Ooh. Over four right there. Where is Minshew right now? I thought he was in Philadelphia. Is that not right? That's who you're referring to. Yeah, I thought Yeah, I thought he was in Philadelphia. Okay. Is what I thought. I could be wrong because I don't always get that right, but I'm, I'm pretty sure. So. Would the Eagles part with him? I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, my gut says no, but I don't even necessarily know what I'm basing that off of. So, no, like someone mentioned Jordan Tamu. No, I love Jordan, but that doesn't that doesn't move. That's the needle. not solving the problem. You either go right get now. a a veteran guy who could come in and kind of be an, an insurance policy, or you go for it. And I think you have to go for it. I think. I mean, your your team's not bad. I think you're five and two. When's the deadline for a trade? That I don't. Know. Coming up, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, my gut says you gotta you gotta roll for whatever that looks like. So we'll see. Um, because frankly, the Athletics talking about the Saints trying to move it, um, trying to upgrade it wide receiver right now is one of their other moves they're trying to do as well. So mm, I mean, they've got it. tons of they've got tons of stuff going on. They would enjoy someone who could take the top off of a defense because they're, every, they're everything so is slow. everything is underneath. Breeze. Yeah. Well, and this tells you how bad the, the Saints are from a what do we do from a standpoint of of quarterback. Is Jeff Duncan floated and I mean, did you at least ask Breeze this morning? I mean, like, Whew. and like, come on, like he hadn't he'd done nothing in in months, and he was over last year. And I look, he's not going to do it, but I'm just. Like, I mean, Drew wouldn't do that, would he? No. Uh, more NFL tomorrow. We'll focus on that. We'll focus on some baseball tomorrow. We'll look around the uh, league. I don't know. We might talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow, Wednesday. One or the uh, the other to go through some of that. Neil wrote a good bit about that in 10 Thoughts as well. So, uh, about Hugh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was it fair? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. All good. Appreciate the chatter and the stream as always. Love you guys. Hope you have a wonderful day. Hope you uh, steal all your kids' Christmas, uh, Halloween candy. Take part in that. And, and I saw near you're right. Snickers are not valued by kids the way they were a decade ago. They got passed over a lot last night. Snickers are not a popular candy bar. Are they with crazy? Kids. I'm just telling you. Something about the palate, I guess. I don't know. I guess. That, that got picked over. But and anyway. I don't know that I'd be able to resist Snickers yeah. in the house. Thank God we don't have candy. Yeah. It's all gone. So hope you uh, have a wonderful day, and we will talk to you again in the morning. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.